Vodka. Vodka. Vodka O'Clock. Hey everyone, it's Amber Love of Vodka O'Clock Podcast from AmberUnmasked.com. And now you can sponsor the show through Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash amberunmasked to pledge as little as $1 per creation, which could mean, you know, per episode of Vodka O'Clock or through written content. Today, my guest on the show is Marcus Williams. I'm so excited about this because Marcus uh, is the artist on one of my all-time favorite comic books right now called Hero Cats. So, uh, hey, we're going to be talking about making comics and stuff. Marcus, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate the, uh, the invite to be on the show. What's your background uh, with art? Did you go to a traditional art school or um, did you just learn on your own somehow? It was a combination of both um, because I didn't finish college. I did go to the Art Institute of Atlanta for like not even a full year. And uh, the reason is not because, you know, I was a horrible student or lazy or, you know, I didn't get kicked out for fighting. Um, It was really just I uh, I ended up having a daughter um, during the time and I had finished maybe three semesters. And um, I was coming home at, uh, I had a day, you know, I was working at a warehouse at the time and I was going to school. So I was coming home at like 11 o'clock at night and it was, uh, you know, you know, you have a brand new daughter and, um, you know, my daughter would look at me like, who's that guy? You know, I don't want him. Don't touch me, dude. I don't know you. So I was like, yeah, I don't want my daughter to not know me right now. So let me just take a break from school. So I took a break. And I ended up um, getting a really, really great internship and also a really great job doing art, uh, illustration. So, um, yeah, I was like, "Mm, I probably would, you know, could finish school right now, but I got a really great job doing art. I don't know if this is contradicting itself, but let's just roll this out for a while. So I did work. uh, I was I was working at the time, so I did uh, continue to build myself as an artist, but Mostly uh, freelancing. I've been freelancing professionally since 1999, um, and it's uh, I, the job came somewhere around 2005 when my daughter was born, and I worked there for about four years. So uh, I was an illustrator for HowStuffWorks.com, in-house illustrator. Oh, very cool! I love that site. Oh yeah. So it was it was it was like I I, I did get continue to grow as a as an illustrator, but it wasn't in comics or anything. So. Um, the last major I had in, in college was game art and design, which I loved, by the way, because we were playing video games in class. I don't know if they still do that, but it was great. Um, and I, I aced everything up until I, you know, took a break. But, uh, yeah, so I guess a little bit of both. I didn't finish school, but uh, freelancing and a little bit of school, you know, I, I learned some software while I was there. So it's, uh, it's helped me out. I think that's really important. I think knowing the tools and how to use them is probably the most important thing because the rest just seems to be practice. I, I mean, the the classes that I've modeled for, it's just hours of basically them practicing. Absolutely. Oh yeah. You got you have to you have to dig in. You know, just get your feet wet and just jump into the you know the uh, the, the way of things. If you're not uh, you know it's, educating yourself is one thing, but actually applying it uh, over and over and over. You know, in real world, you know. Uh, application that's that's where you really get to uh, form you know who you are as a as a professional and so forth so yes and then comics came along <laughs> and then comics came along so what you know led up to hero cats and brought you here that is a uh, it, I'll tr- I'll go for the short version because um, it's a very you know complex and detailed answer it involves space and time travel no um it was a uh, <laughs> it, it was a pretty simple like we. Uh, I was frustrated a long time ago. Um, I, had, I had I have two kids. Uh, once I had my my second uh, my second child is my son. Uh, when he was um, you know I don't know two three years old. I was going to Borders at the time. This is before they closed down over here uh, in Georgia. And we were buying Sonic the Hedgehog from Borders. And they you know we, we went one day for the new issue. They didn't have it. I was frustrated. I was like so you know where do I go? Like, Maybe you should go to a local comic shop. I looked up my um, local comic shop, and it happened to be Kyle Putkammer's shop, uh, you know, um, Galactic Quest. Um, so uh, he was in Lawrenceville. I drove over there, and sure enough, they had a great kid, 
kid section. Uh, the comic shop was beautiful. It was everything I wanted. Found the Sonic the Hedgehog comic. I was happy. Everyone was happy. I say it was for my son. It was really for me. But in any case, he had an art <laughs> Monday, art Monday night, where, you know, he just let artists come in. They would draw. They, you know, they would congregate, talk about why Batman is on the Justice League when he doesn't have any superpowers, things of that nature. And so uh, I was like, yeah, hey, I'm going to come in. Uh, the next Monday, I came in, had my sketchbook, and I started drawing. Uh, his One of his, his proprietary characters at the time was Galaxy Man. So I started drawing Galaxy Man just just because. I was like, hey, is that your character? He's like, yeah, that was my own character. Um, so I started drawing. He liked it and said, hey, stop drawing that stuff because, you know, I have, I think, another project for you. Lo and behold, he says, you know, can you draw cats? And I'm like, I have no idea. I've never drawn cats. So <laughs> no one's ever asked me to, you know, hey, can you draw, you know, comic versions of cats? And so that's that kind of started the, the the path of, okay, well, you know, me and my family are concepting a, a comic book about cats. And sure enough, uh, they picked out these cats, the, the breeds of cats that they wanted, and we just began to just really, you know, brainstorm and brainstorm and draw and draw and draw and uh, really try to fine tune the characters. Um, and that's where um, I think the first time we actually show, we, we really showed the characters was when we went to Savannah Children's Book Festival. And don't, I can't remember what year now, I would have to do math, but it was my first year going to Savannah Children's Book Festival, and he wanted me to draw on, they have a, a library there um, where you can draw on the wall if you have a book and characters and stuff. So I drew the characters on the wall of the library. And that was like the first time I had drawn them, you know, so people can see. And that was just kind of, it was a snowball effect. People loved it. Every time we, we showed the concepts of them, people were like, oh my God, I'll buy it, shut up and take my money. When is it coming out? When is it coming out? And so from there, we really just kind of buckled down. We talked about how long it would take and, you know, could I do a 22-page comic book about cats? And sure enough, um, it, we turned out the issue one, and we went to Heroes Con the following year, I believe. And it just went, it just was insane. We sold more comics, and it, it felt bad, but it felt good. There was, like, actual comic people that had real comic books and real comic jobs sitting next to us, and they were not selling as many comics as we were. And this was our first first time there as uh, retailers, you know, selling a comic book. It was it was uh, self-published at the time. But, oh, um, so because it's self-published, you don't think you're real? Well, <laughs> you know, it was just we didn't have any, you know, like real stamp. It's, you know, when you, you know, I guess, yes, don't all the self-published people don't hate me. I'm sorry I said that. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I love that I love that you brought it up because yeah. this is a common thing where people who are indie creators and novelists who self publish right. um they're they're this other camp. Right, right. You I should've like, said, uh, I should have said um established established Sure. publishers there you but yeah how you saw yourself you saw yourself as like oh my god i'm an imposter at comic-con right right well you know it, we, we had professional quality printed books so we were very proud of the product and you know it, it's just I, I have a huge a huge respect for anyone that's been drawing comics for more than 10 years or five years or whatever it, it just it's uh it blows my mind because they have such a wealth of material you know their table is full of comics you know and here i am with one book and i'm like yeah buy this and i'm sitting next to people that have been in comics for like 20 15 years plus and i'm like hey so how's it going you know and they're, they're looking at they literally were looking at us with crunchy faces and we're just like uh yeah hero cats you know, and I mean, their quality was, they were impeccable quality, it had all the right stuff, but people were like, were like foaming at the mouth for Hero Cats. It was great. It was a wonderful feeling. And we, we, we went away from Heroes Con uh, feeling really, really good and, and, you know, all jazz and stuff. So then we just put in more effort. We cranked out two more issues within a year, um, like less than a year, I should say. So um, and then we sat down with Action Lab. Not too long after that, um, and yeah, fireworks happened. 
basically, and, and everything went the right way, and, and now Hero Cats is coming out every other month. It's incredible. It still doesn't feel real. I know that's terrible to say, but I don't know how to process any of that stuff when people are like, oh my gosh, we'll buy, you know, all of your Hero Cat stuff, and then sign my, you know, because, yeah, it's just, I met Jim Lee, you know, and Jim Lee was like, hey, this is pretty good. I'm like, shut up, shut up, Jim Lee. You're Jim Lee, okay? You know who you are. I understand this is, yeah, this is a book by Kat. Okay, but you're Jim Lee, though. Okay, don't, don't, don't talk about this right now. Oh, that's okay, man. You know, guys like Jim Lee and Jeff Johns are responsible for Dexstar, the you know, race lantern kitty. Right, but I, I, you know, it's, it's still, it still doesn't feel real um, to me. And, and we got our first graphic novel. I'm holding it, flipping through the pages, and I'm just like, um, this is cool. Uh, you know, and we're we're getting fan mail. We're getting retailers are supporting it. It's it's really really cool. But I don't know when it's gonna feel like. Oh, okay, cool. I'm, well, you know what? Let me let me talk about not only the quality, but the quality uh, of the printing, and then the quality of yeah. the content. Because I've been reading it through uh, digitally, okay, so very cool. yeah, so the colors are, are gorgeous. Okay, uh, cool. uh, that I can say, uh, as far as that goes, uh, and everything's great. The lettering is beautiful, oh. easy to read, and uh, you know the content is really why this book stands out. There's a team of all these different breeds of cats and they come together uh, they have unique personalities they're different ages and different backgrounds so like you have you know a cat who's been a spoiled cat, house cat before and a cat that was from the streets and you know got adopted and so they have all of these these different personalities and because of their different ages and stuff, there's more experienced members of the Hero Cats team, and then they go through recruiting and training. Oh, yeah. And that's what the story in Volume 1 is about, is about uh, Cassiopeia yeah. and a couple others, like auditioning, if you will, like Legion of Superheroes oh. style. Oh, yeah. And they go through, like, a basic training. So there's there's information that makes it not feel like, oh, it's a kitty storybook. Oh, yeah. It's still it feels like a, a real comic in that sense that it's that there's still a lot of content to absorb. Oh yes. And, uh, I, I should, I should go through the, the team real quick. I guess just, yeah, just, just to make learn about Kyle since he's, sure. you know, the mastermind. Right. Um, Kyle, Kyle and his family, uh, Kyle is the writer and, uh, you know, he, he, he pushes out the stories, uh, after much deliberation in his brain. Um, his family is absolutely a part of that process. His wife, uh, is I, by all accounts a, a brilliant editor because she catches the stuff that a lot of times we as you know there's a lot of testosterone you know we want to show things explode um, right, right, which is so. where the epic cover from the first book came from um, <laughs> <laughs> you know there's explosions and his wife was like is there anyone in that car that's exploding by the bridge and we, we both looked at each other like oh well we never thought about that but no no gosh no there's no maybe you know what, let's just make sure there's no one in the car. Um, so, yeah, we had to redraw that. Um, but, you know, his, his his kids are great with the, you know, catching little things that we miss. So Kyle and his family are uh, basically, you know, the, the, the idea factory for a lot of the stories. Um, and then from there he scripts it. Uh, me and him sit down. We sketch out the layout for the, uh, for the actual pages, you know, page by page. It uh, takes a couple of hours. But and we do that at the comic shop a lot of times. So from there, I pencil the pages um, one at a time. We get it knocked out as fast as we can. Uh, Ryan Sellers is our inker for the project, and he's amazing, incredible. I feel bad for him sometimes because I draw a lot of you know rubble, and it's just terrible to ink a lot of like building in rubble and stuff. So, but he he's a champ. So he does you know he does it half grudgingly. Uh, but he's incredible at his job, so he makes all my lines clean and beautiful. And then it passes to um, our, our we we have a, a team. We have a flatter um, who is Julie, and then it goes to our colorist Omaka Schultz. Um, he is absolutely incredible. He I had to actually I I, I kind of tricked him. I called him and I said, Hey man, I got a bone to pick with you. And he got all serious and he thought I was mad at him. And I was like, Yeah man, you know because. I really need to talk to you about something. He's like, oh, yeah, what's up, man? Like, well, you know, where do you come off, like, making my artwork look 15 times better 
than I initially envisioned it. And he started laughing. So he's incredible, though. Uh, really, really great at his job. So the colors are, that's, that's the color. He's responsible for making it all pretty and stuff in terms of colors. So um, from Omaka, then it passes to um, Brianna Higgins, who is the letterer. She actually does the sound effects, all of the bubbles, and makes everything look all clean. And, and that's where it suddenly turns into this wonderful machine that, you know, cranks out these great stories. And it's, it's, it's so weird for me and Kyle, because we're there at the beginning when there are no bubbles, no words or sound effects on the page. And we're happy with the, you know, the way it looks. And then it's like, I, I, I gave him a, an example. I said, it's like watching a silent film at first, and then later going back to watch it, and now there's audio, you know, and it's just, it's weird to read through it, because it's like, oh, yeah, it goes together. That actually works. That's a comic. This is great. <laughs> so. It's a beautiful, like, you know, start to finish uh, look at what it takes to to make an issue of a comic book. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of work, because there's post-production. And, and there's and, a lot of people involved, yeah. Absolutely. So, But it's fun. It's a lot of fun. So then, while we're talking about the whole team uh, composition here, what's the role of Action Lab? Since you, you know, you met them wherever they do a lot of conventions and stuff, so you know, you ran into them. And what is it that they're bringing to the party for you? Action Lab is uh, they're they're a great publisher. Um, we we uh, Kyle was self publishing, and it's just a daunting task to say the least. It's it's a lot of a lot of checks and balances you have to deal with a lot of folks to make sure the product comes out, you know, the way you want it. <clears throat> so um, Action Lab absorbs a lot of that headache for Kyle in reference to getting the book out nationally. Uh, they, they get the books printed. Um, they supply things. Uh, they supply the books, you know, for Diamond and all that stuff. And um, they, they uh, get us our sketch covers like I had in New York. Uh, the sketch covers are, are handled and so forth. All of the all of the uh, material, and they have a great uh, they have a great team of people that really understand how to you know push these books out and manage everything. So it's uh, they it's just you know uh, Kyle would say it's wonderful to have a publisher to to have you know to talk about you know because he's been self publishing for years. So it's just a whole nother thing. It's a whole nother weight lifted off his shoulders. And uh, it's great that they actually do understand the comic business. So they're growing so, so um, uh, with a lot of great books and so forth. Like, you know, by the time I went to New York, there was books I had never seen. I'm like, what? Where's this one? Let me see that one. And so I was I was literally just like, you know, like a kid in a candy store. I was like, I didn't know you guys printed this. They were like, yeah, this one just got printed and so forth. And I got to sit next to uh, a young girl um, who did a, a graphic novel called Mishka. Um, and it was um, it was uh, really really awesome, and she was oh, she was amazing. Um, so things like that, I'd never seen the stuff. So it's it's they just printed it out, and so they're really growing fast. But they yeah they take care of a lot of the stresses that uh, come with publishing and you know making sure everything's there on time and all that good stuff. And one of the nice things when you do get picked up by a publisher who's as big as they are is that if you're not making a show they can get to the show and still sell your work for you absolutely correct because i'm still still very very interested in going to comic san diego comic-con i don't know if you've ever been there i've never been there okay yeah I'm, I'm still waiting for that trip new york was the biggest that i've ever been to in terms of a comic convention and it did it was like an uh, literally like a river of humans right in front of the table you you know if you remember so like getting to the bathroom was like a, a, a Crowded. Yeah, it was like a test of, of will. You know, you make sure you don't soil yourself before making it there because you had to push your way through people. But, uh, yeah, I still want to go to San Diego. But they go to San Diego. They go to the, a lot of the big ones. Mm-hmm. So. so in this process that you're talking about, the you know, from beginning to end, all these stages of making the book. Now, I you mentioned that you have a couple of kids at home. So I imagine that gives you... Uh, an idea of how to make expressions with <laughs> of uh, you know like Cassiopeia is learning things for the first time and uh, you know her her trepidation and her excitement and all this cool stuff. But do you have cats at home to you that you're looking at? Uh, yes. The million dollar question is I am not um, I'm not really ready to feed anything else until I start feeding myself right. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. 
Um, I, no, and, you know, I gotta say, you know, the, the internet is full of cats. Oh, yeah, yeah. My, my daughter, like, I mean, passionately wants a cat. And I'm just like, you're, you're, they're so not ready. My daughter's nine and my son is eight. And um, she loves petting, you know, animals and stuff. But as far as like, oh, yeah, you got to feed them, make sure they poop and clean up after them and all that stuff. I, I know intimately that my children are not ready for that. So maybe, a ne- maybe next year, maybe I may get a cat. Uh, a kitten was offered to us uh, earlier this year. And I was just, uh, I mean, last year. I was like, nope, 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 not ready. So, um, no, no, my kids are really great at, um, I get to test on my kids. When I get a book, a hero, when the Hero Cats book comes out, I right. literally just get to like, uh, it's like, a, I guess, an actor watching their own movie. And, you know, they go to the theater and they're, they're not. So they're, they're your test audience. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's, it's so, it's so um, eerie because, you, you know, they start laughing and you're like, what are you laughing at? Let me see. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that panel. That was cool. Yeah, that's good. Okay, continue. You know, and it's, it's you know, I try not to get in the way of it. So, you know, but again, they like me to read comics sometimes because I do voices and so, so forth. Cause, um, but, um, yeah, it's, 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 they're my test audience. But, no, no, cats, even on the Internet, there's very, um, there's a lot of information. There are no dynamic cat photos. And I don't mean jumping photos. I mean, like, you know where they put cats on glass tables so you can see them from weird angles and stuff. That's what I really need up there. And if any photographer would like to make that, please let me know because I need that information. Yeah, I think there's, um, I saw one that was like a slow-mo of cats falling. Yeah, those are cool. Those are cool. And, you know, to see how they swivel around and, and turn their bodies around and stuff. But, yeah, you have cats that are doing very human things but still doing very cat, yeah, cat things. things. There you go. See, and so... I don't know if there can be a photo shoot like that, but I mean, just, yeah, just have a whole bunch of cats on walking on glass tables so you get really dynamic angles and stuff. I, I, I you know, concepted the photo shoot. I just haven't done it. So That's pretty cool. <laughs> so the, um, as I was saying before, how the, the content brings up these different types of cats, right. you know, because everybody who has had cats like me understands they do have different personalities, like the you know, I've got my my beautiful princess cat here who looks just like your character, Bella. Oh, nice. She's asleep on her cushion right now next to the microphone. There you go. That's where she is when I record. <laughs> and uh, But then I've got the demon spawn child downstairs. He's oh. he's young and he's insane and <laughs> he whines. So he's, uh, you know, he's like Rocket. Right, right. He, before he got neutered... Um, yeah. He really was like the fastest thing I had ever seen. <laughs> Just berserk. So I I was looking at the Hero Cats team, and because they're not human, I was thinking, okay, well, how can we teach, uh, you know, about diversity in a comic right. that's not about humans? Like we're not seeing children of different colors. Right. We're seeing cats of different colors and right. types and financial backgrounds and stuff do you think that your kids are picking up on that at all or is it just like cute cats ah." Uh, i think uh kyle does a good job of doing because there's a lot of things we just talked about this yesterday i was just in the comic shop yesterday we were working on post-production and uh, we were just talking about it yesterday which is you know there's so 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 much so so much story that has yet to hit the page or to be really focused on in terms of the hero cats mythos, I guess, um, such as you know, uh, Rocco is a is a movie buff, or you know, um, oh I don't know, there's a uh, there's a you know, Belle has a history, uh, you know, the stories that Cassios that Cassiopeia actually um, you know has read, you know, how many stories she has locked in her brain and how it applies to her missions and things of that nature. There's so so much that we have yet to really put onto page. And to really show, you know, the world audience, I guess you can say. Um, but we talk about it. We actually, you know, discuss these things uh, at the comic shop. We discuss it when we go to conventions and stuff. That's like the things me and Kyle talk about. And so things like that where you're saying, you know, the, the behind the scenes or the in between the line kind of things where, uh, you know, social status and things. Um, some of that does hit the page. We just don't. Uh, Kyle doesn't really like, I don't know, blatantly say, and they were struggling, 
you know, or they were, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, some of it is just, it's more, you know, insinuated. It's, it's, it, we insinuate that, okay, you know, uh, issue four is going to show Bell's history. And um, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but you see a little bit of where she came from before she was a hero cat. Okay, so that's th that story is Bell's first, I guess, you know, flashback of what happened, similar to Midnight's flashback in the um, in uh, issue two, I believe. So um, yeah, it kind of gives you a window into her past and things like that. But we still only touch it. We we cut out uh, a good page or so of of her backstory just to kind of you know just to kind of edit the book so because we couldn't really spend as much time as we wanted there's only 22 pages and we had to get the story you know told but a lot of that stuff yeah there's there's so much that we have to really kind of like finesse and say okay we're just going to touch on it now and then we'll go back to it you know so but Kyle does a great job his family does a great job with you know saying okay well I don't know if we need it right now we can always come back. We can always do a flashback. Uh, Rockets backstory. Uh, Peter Cut uh, Peter Cutler is a, um, a great artist that has done uh, Rockets backstory, and he's done I think over I think it's about eight pages actually, maybe four or four to eight pages of it, and it shows you know the origins of Rocket. You know he he says he's from outer space. Uh, we actually had that in the in the Halloween uh, issue. And he was, you know, he's a little, little perturbed that no one believes him. He's like, dude, you're my friends, and you guys don't even believe that I'm, out, I'm from outer space. I'm from outer space. And they're like, dude, okay, whatever, all right, <laughs> you know. But uh, we have that backstory. It just hasn't hit paper yet, so uh, or it hasn't been published, I should say. But uh, we're, we're, you know, rearing up to get it released, and we just have to find the right outlets to really do those, uh, to really, you know, expose those little pieces of information. My kids reading it, no. They don't pick up on it as much. Um, they are literally entertained by, yes, like you said, cats. They're talking. There's expressions. That looks cool. Dad, did you really draw this? I'm like, yeah, I drew those cats. Yes, I did. So <laughs> That's really cool. And the great thing about extra content and backstory uh, is that, like you said, you, you're going to have decisions to make right. where to put this. Are you going to put it within a story as a flashback or are you going to put it as like back matter, like encyclopedia stuff? Oh, yeah. Or are you just going to, you know, make it like web exclusive or something special that, you know, for, for people to get that extra bit of content, Absolutely. Uh, you know, but it's, you can just tell the fact, I think it, it's issue three where uh, Cassiopeia starts uh, studying the art of war oh, yes. <laughs> and she learns all of these really wonderful uh, lessons. Right. That one issue alone could just, you know, stand by itself in that way. Right. Or, um, you know, I did, uh, honestly, this is, gonna, this is, I don't know if it's ridiculous or if it's wonderful, but my, my best bit of writing ever was reviewing issue three from my cat's point of view. Oh, nice. <laughs> and so, um, so the demon cat, Oliver, right. uh, you know, wrote, wrote this really great review. And he talks about these little life lessons from Sun Tzu, like great results can be achieved with small forces because he was, he was a tiny little kitten and now he's this beast. He's huge. Um, and you know, and that's things that, that kids should be learning and, you know, it's sort of it, it takes the, the that like artificial um, after school special kind yeah. of flavor out of it. Like it just makes it like, oh, this cat has to learn these lessons. So she's going to study one of the hardest books to read <laughs> of all time. And she's trying right. to crash, you know, crash course herself overnight and then realizes, no, I need sleep because sleep is important too. Right. It, was, <laughs> it was really, uh, it was really exciting. Uh, and, and of course we're, you know, we were, we were, I could admit as a grown man that, yes, we're excited about the, the backstories of cats. Um, we were, uh, you know, it, it, it was exciting to say, because uh, I was like, maybe she goes home, you know, because we, we talked about it, and I'm just like, what kind of book? And I downloaded, I said, you know, to Kyle, I was like, dude, what about The Art of War? And, you know, um, he was like, that's freaking awesome. Have you read it? And I'm like, no, not no, not all of it. No, I've just looked up quotes. Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, I've heard. I heard a lot of people say stuff from it. Uh, so I, I downloaded um, the audio book, 
uh, because my eyes are burned out. Every time I try to read a long book at this point in my life, my eyes are burned out from working on the computer all day. So I, it never worked. So I downloaded the audio book, and I, I, it was, like, perfect. It was perfect. I went and I, I sent Kyle some of the quotes. And I'm like, dude, this is perfect. This is going to work perfectly. Um, and that's, there's, that's what I, uh, again, there's so many things that we have to do to, uh, cause I get excited about that. Some of the things that Cassie, um, uh, her, her original, um, you know, ability to read human writing. And I was like, that's cool. But what if, you know, could, could we get her to use, you know, maybe stories like really, you know, well-known stories and fables or, you know, like the, the, the brothers, Grand, uh, you know, any of those old time stories or, or, Things like that that are probably sitting in the library, you know, gaining dust. But if we can excite kids to say, hey, Cassie read this one book about such and such and such. And I want to go read that book, too, you know, and, and, and have librarians, you know, raise an eyebrow looking at like a 10 year old saying, what do you want to read again? You know, and then say, oh, well, you know, this this hero cat, Cassie, you know, would read this book in this in this story. And she found out a way to do this, that and the other. So it, it was really exciting, uh, those kinds of things. And as we were reading through it, we were just like, you know, giggling to ourselves. This is so good. This is so perfect. This is going to work. It really is. And she, you know, yeah, her love of books is, is so cool um, because she, it, I think, if I'm remembering uh, correctly, it, she's the one that sort of like gets adopted twice. Like she, first she gets taken in by a, a a family and then an older woman takes her or it's the other way around. Well, something she, like that. She was a, she was a uh, city cat. Initially, so she was. She didn't have a home. Right. For, her favorite, uh, favorite author was making an appearance, right? Correct. Yeah, uh, and that that was actually um, uh, Stanley's sister-in-law. Um, so it, Stanley, of course, is Galaxy Man. That's his. That's his. Uh, you know, uh, alter ego. Um, and so uh, when she was adopted by the author, uh, she did live with the author for a number of you know for a good while. That's where she learned to um, fine-tune her, you know, palette because, you know, she was, you know, the author, um, she, she was around, you know, material all the time, all, you know, reading material. So that's where Cassiopeia really kind of, you know, her palette was, uh, you know, increased, therefore. So she got a lot, lot, lot more stories in from there. And so, yes, then, you know, once Galaxy Man's wife, Amelia, got lost in space, then uh, it was deemed that, hey, you can go cheer up that family, Cassie. So, you know, do that for me. You know, do me a solid and go cheer up this family while Amelia's lost in space. You know, that kind of thing. So Cassie was then embraced by the uh, the Galaxy Man family. With uh, It was Galaxy Man and his daughter uh, that were, um, you know, and uh, also uh, Nanny Maria, who was there. As well, but yeah, so their family embraced her, uh, embraced Cassie from that point. So she had a new home. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it, you know, it was one of those things that when I was reading it and thinking about this cat of, of ours that came to live with us and then became permanent. Yeah. Uh, I, I was, it's, you know, obviously it's not going to be the same sort of, uh, con, you know, considerations, but the both of our cats were basically rescues. Right. So I was thinking, okay, well, if they can teach a lesson here that being adopted is okay from the point of view of animals being fostered from one house to the next and finding a permanent home and then finding, you know, like their little teammates that become family too, then, you know, that's always a a great thing for kids to see. And, um, and the other thing that Cassie is really good at is, you know, it's like, why did she even bother when she has, uh, you know, she's had multiple wonderful houses to live in, and yet she still wants to get out there and help her community and help other cats. Right. And, you know, it, it's like, you know, part of it is maybe boredom because she's so adventurous. Right. She, she just wants to get out that window and and go find uh, an adventure to do. But on the other hand, she does it because uh, she likes to help. Oh, yeah. Oh yes, yeah. She's uh, I, we. I think we can. I don't know if we actually put it in the book, but um, it, it's uh, we we did talk about it that she wants to basically start living a lot of the adventures she's read about, uh, or she she finds that fascinating that you know there there are a group of cats that really do have you know true to life adventures things that she's only read about, 
Um, so secretly, I don't know if we put that in print just yet, but that was one of the reasons that uh, she's always very wide-eyed and very, you know, readily available to, you know, jump into danger with the rest of the cats is because, you know, she's read about all this. It's, I, I guess it's like picture a, a librarian, and we know an awesome librarian, um, so it's not very far-fetched, but picture a librarian that, you know, has all of these wonderful, you know, stories in, in, you know, in, their, in their mind. And then, you know, that same librarian being offered a chance to say, hey, you want to go explore? You know, and, and that librarian's like, oh, yeah, that was just like my favorite book, you know, such and such and the explore. Um, so Cassie is basically really, you know, I guess been pent up, very sheltered. And so she's, you know, always excited to say, yeah, let's go underground, uh, which is issue four uh, that's coming out soon. So. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, thinking of it that way, that's like the um, that character Evie from the Mummy. Yes, exactly. Uh, movies. She, you know, she wanted the to. She knew everything from the books and from her mother teaching her. Right. But yeah, she wanted to get out there and actually be an archaeologist too. There you go. So that's I, I think that's uh, that's the premise that we kind of go with, because otherwise, yeah, she would be. We didn't want her. Uh, I, I don't think Kyle and her family wanted her to be timid. So much so, um, and or, you know, just kind of like, you know, oh, gosh, I'm scared of everything. You know, we didn't want her to be that way. We, you know, she had to be a hero cat. So we had to really get her get her in the field and, you know, put her in some real danger. But she, you know, she handles herself pretty well. Well, in all of your experience, since you had years as an illustrator before, is it easier to design these cats who actually look like cats than it is you know, say if Kyle instead had thought of cats with superhero costumes or steampunk costumes or something. That is very funny you say that. Absolutely not. Cats are very difficult uh, for me uh, in reference to um, just, uh, I guess the, the hardest part about cats is they defy their own anatomy, you know, because literally the same cat that can, you know, fit, you know, sit on your lap comfortably Cats are liquid. Yes, that's really, really difficult sometimes to draw. <laughs> so, they have no bones. Right, uh, and, and, and they're fur. So even though they have bones, it is, it is obstructed a lot of times, and they look like a ball of, of fur. So um, it's, some shots are, are easier than others, and some shots are like, I have no idea what that looks like. You know, and I tell Kyle that. I'm like, I don't know what that looks like, Kyle. You know, we have a cat. He's like, no, no, put the arms like this. I'm like, I, I don't even know if cats can do that, but let's just see how it looks. You know, and a lot of it is, is I'm finding out still, even after, you know, this many years of drawing them. They're just weird creatures to draw. Uh, they're awesome. Um, and I guess the most defined part of them are their, is their facial features. You know, the eyes, the nose, the ears and the mouth, you know, um, everything else, can, it literally can change. From one panel to the next, they can be as long as, you know, a slinky, and then one minute they can fit into a bowl. So it's weird. Yeah, that's true. Like I said, uh, Oliver gets into the most precarious, tiny little places, and we're just, we're astonished. We're, we're like, how did you get your fat ass in there? <laughs> he, we had to, um, finally, because it should have been done a long time ago, but the, the there's a stand with drawers that the microwave is on top of but it was not missing it was missing a a top so the microwave is kind of just kind of like balanced on a couple of supporting little beams if, or whatever in the on this top of this cabinet and the cat would get into that top drawer he would just climb up there and then get underneath and then he would actually be underneath the microwave and it's like when he was smaller, it was one thing, but then he would just keep doing this behavior, even though he kept getting just fatter and fatter. Right. <laughs> like, uh, so we finally had to like cover that up. Right. But he goes under the couch, uh, you know, like it's no problem, and he has to squish down really far and like splay his legs all out. Right. right. And he squishes himself under there until he's um, like in the middle of it. Then he can actually st sit up again. <laughs> where the couch is more hollow. Right. But, you know, they just, they do, they insist on doing these strange things. Right. And, and he's, uh, like, Keiko's really old. So Keiko sleeps and eats, and that's it. Right. But um, when, they're, when they're so vivacious like that, you know, he's one of those cats that will not let you have a cup of anything. 
it will immediately be knocked onto the floor. He knocks all of my candles, anything that's on a shelf, he knocks down. He he tumbled a whole stack of books yesterday. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's just, you know, <laughs> he's just like, it's on a shelf. I can't have it there. Right. This is not <laughs> acceptable. Yes. <laughs> You know, it's like you're trying to picture the anatomy, like you're saying, of a cat reaching up and doing this, whereas I've got one who barely moves. There's nothing to study there. She's just hair. Correct. And Uh, I think it's the, 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 I mean, it's a challenge of a lifetime right now for me as an artist because it it literally takes me out of my comfort zone because I've been drawing superheroes like, you know, every other aspiring comic artist. Uh, and, And I, you know, I got great at drawing you know, anatomy of humans, and I know how to draw hands, and all of a sudden I got to draw paws, and I'm just like, ah, I, I, yeah, it's weird. So it's, it's, they are weird. <laughs> it upsets the balance, yes. They're beautiful. They, you know, uh, they they can make wonderful models. I think I, I guess at some point, if you're just doing, you know, a cat in an awkward pose or cat reclining or something like the you know oliver will sleep on his back with his paws all up there you go see you know as long as you don't disturb him i've never drawn that i've seen pictures of it i've just never drawn that so there i know there's reference for that kind of thing they're they're great but yeah no it's it's not any easier to draw even after all my years of illustrating they are a new challenge altogether and it's 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 still you know a good work while i'm doing the pages uh i'm happy to draw i'm happy to draw them just like sitting down uh, whenever I can, but uh, yeah, no action poses are cool. But because you got you, you literally, I have to literally make it up, and I'm just like I've never seen a cat in this position at all, like diving head first off a building. I don't know what a cat would look like doing that, but I'm gonna make it up right now. So it's it's a really good challenge. And That's when you get to combine the you know human yes. stuff to kind of make it work. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Do you have a favorite one in general or a favorite one to draw? Um, that's, like, that's a difficult one. Um, I would say it's a, it's a tie between <clears throat> maybe I – like, I like Rocket because of his energy. Um, but a lot of times I draw Rocco, the, you know, the big fluffy one. I draw him – it's kind of like a big, um, like thick old man type of yeah, character. I draw him a lot of times too – uh, very lion-like, you know, with his with his anatomy, and I sometimes have to be like, you know, reared back by you know Kyle or his wife, and he's like, yeah, he's looking a little, he's looking a little thick. I was like, oh yeah, uh, yeah, I forgot, you know, but he's really, I think he's closer to a mancoon, I think it is. Uh, he, he's not, I don't think he's exactly, big, yeah, but he's, fluffy. yeah, he's he's huge, fluffy, you know, big cat, and and so yeah, it's it's been a learning process, but I like drawing the powerful, you know, the powerful and the energetic. So uh, a lot of the cats, they, they kind of switch in between the energies. But I think Rocket is just about always doing something uh, energetic. And I, I love drawing that. So uh, Midnight is, is, I guess, the next uh, close third. I draw Cassie a lot, though. Right. I, I mean, I don't know if the fan base is at the point where, you know, everybody probably has their favorite when they're reading it, but when they're when you're doing sketches, I don't know if anybody can think of it, uh, you know, especially kids, they just probably want everything. Yeah, because well, I'll ask them, and um, I think, uh, that's why I'm saying, I draw Cassie the most, I think, at conventions, uh, especially for younger kids, because they don't know, they can't pick. They're like, um, all of, uh, anyone, you pick. They they basically tell me to pick, so generally, I, I you know, I default to Cassiopeia, um, if I'm just sketching and so forth, uh, but I have, I, I, there has been a lot of people that are fans of Rocket. Um, I have done a, a, at one convention I did a full page, a comic page, and it was a story about Midnight and Rocket teaming to get, you know, teaming together, and of course the mishaps of that. It was, it was only one page, but someone commissioned it at a convention, and I drew it. It was amazing. I loved it. Um, but yeah, she was like, Rocket is my absolute favorite. Can you draw him in a top hat and wearing, you know, having a cane and having a little eyeglass? And I'm like, yes, I can do that. Yep. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we, there are favorites. It's a really cool commission to get, too, because usually commissions are, you know, like pin-up sketches oh, or covers. Oh, no, no. She, she, had it all, she had it all in her head. She was like, nope, I want a team up of Rocket and Midnight. And I would like for them to have some sort of mishap and Rocket laughing at the end 
and it you know it came out really well so um she was she was very happy about it the uh the closest comparison that i could think of uh because I do love all ages comics. They're just, I don't know, they're refreshing to me. And like, I, you know, I'm so addicted to watching the news and Twitter all day that I get burned out and I need fun stuff in my brain. So, uh, yeah. So I was thinking of a comparison for hero cats. Like if, if somebody likes this then they would like hero cats and the closest one I could think of is my little pony where, you know, you have a a particular type of animal and they're in a team environment and it's all about, uh, they, you know, especially the first part uh, of the the more current ponies, where Twilight Sparkle is basically going through these different assignments for the princess in order to you know get elevated to princess status herself, and she did it all because of her friends were there to help. Right. So I don't know. Do you have uh, other recommendations, or you know, you you were talking about how much you like Sonic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you have other recommendations for, for people that uh, would do, like, if you like this, then you would like Hero Cat? Sure. Um, uh, my, my one true regret at this point, and I'm really being patient about it, is that I do not, I, I buy comics for my kids, and they are excited about it because, you know, I've been reading to them for, you know, ever since they can, they can sit down and pay attention, uh, like reading comics and stuff, you know, as well as storybooks and, and children's books. But they're, um, they get to read way more comics than I get to read, um, mostly because I'm literally tied behind either my computer or drawing for Hero Cats or other stuff. So uh, I, what I'm being patient for is, of course, the ability to absorb stories, either by you know pushing the comic to my forehead or some sort of download feature, Bluetooth, that you implant. I'm not sure. <laughs> Just to matrix it. Right, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm like, oh, that was so satisfying after I look at it or something, you know. But um, I guess uh, through, throughout the comics that I've picked up and we've read, you know, because uh, oh, cer- certain books we pass are like Squirrel Girl right now is, uh, is, is like a family comic. Like we actually, I don't know if it's family material, don't get me wrong. But I'm saying like my, I bought it um, for my daughter because, you know, she thought it would be interesting. And so she read it, then I read it, and I thought it was in it, it was it was entertaining. And then my son read it, and he, you know, so it was one of those things where there are a few books like that that passed through my family, all ages wise. Um, Steven Universe, I think, is an all ages book. There is, um, mm, wow, there's a there's a good number of them. Uh, we actually I had to get a short box uh, for the comics because they they were just piling up in a box. Um, mm, that's a good question. I know definitely because uh, my daughter, if she will froth at the mouth for My Little Pony comics. Yeah, so many people do. Yeah, yeah. So um, definitely a great book. It's it's entertaining. For um, my son likes Mega Man and Sonic. I actually like Sonic. I think way more than my son. But uh, those are entertaining books as well. All ages. There are, um, there's another one that I can't think right now. It'll come to me, but I buy it pretty religiously uh, for my kids, and the title is right there on my tongue, and I can't think of it right now. But I don't, I I just wish I could read more, because I know there's a lot of great books that have come out, um, especially a lot of, you know, licensed stories. There's there's stories that have been licensed to Cartoon Network that I'm, I'm just happy that it exists. You know, I'm like, oh, man, that's a cool comic. I would love to read that. And, you know, it's just, I'm like, yeah, my eyes hurt, so I'm going to go to bed. But I'll buy it right. for my kids and so forth if it's, a, if it's a quality book and so forth. Right, there's like Penguins of Madagascar is, has a big series out now. Yeah, right, okay, yeah, see, and I, I've been meaning to catch up with a lot. Of, like, I wanted to read the, the Incredibles, and I don't know if they're still doing it. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's a lot of great books. Uh, just, I, I would say find a comic shop if you're, if, you know, if you're, if you're looking for all ages books, find a comic shop that has just a really good, uh, robust children's section. Uh, and a lot of retailers are, are doing better, um, nowadays, uh, in terms of saying, oh, so I should, you know, put, you know, not just, not just kid comics, but, you know, all ages, which is, there are stories, there's a lot more stories now than, right. you know, five, you know, ten years ago. 
that there is stuff that they need to digest oh, yeah. and each, you know each different age group can kind of like take something different away from it correct because there's there's kids coming in for the first time ever with their parents and their parents is like what do you want and the kids like i think spider-man i think you know superman and batman those are not all ages stories you know, uh, not all of them. I shouldn't. They have, yeah, and they don't know that. And there's, you know, some misconceptions. You know, there were some really good lines sure. uh, from Marvel and DC that were geared towards younger readers when they used to have Marvel Adventures. I don't even know if they still make them. Right. Um, or things like uh, Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane. There you go. Uh-huh. But I, you know, I love that uh, companies like Action Lab and Boom uh, and IDW really just take their all ages books so seriously and they really market them as much as they can. Absolutely. And that, it's, it's needed. It's needed uh, out there in the industry because when those kids come in, when those parents start asking questions, um, you know, Kyle as a retailer has a very unique, you know, standpoint now where he can say, well, come, you know, walk with me. And he, I've, I've seen him, I've seen him do it like a million times now, but he'll, he'll come from around the counter and he'll walk, the parent and the kids over over to his kids section, and he'll say, you know, there's here's the titles that you can start off with. These are very, you know, easy to digest if it's a young young child or something. And if it's an older older child, you know, he can say, well, here's some of our all ages books, and here's some of our graphic novels. And the parents like, what's a graphic novel? And he, you know, goes through and explains it. But um, yeah, there's there's you know, he was he was very uh, very um, energetic about this mission to, you know, put out all-ages books. Galaxy Man was an all-ages book. Uh, him and him uh, and, and uh, his family, you know, they, they really wanted something that could be digested by, you know, everyone in your family, something safe to process because he had young children at the time. So he, you know, he wanted to create a book that was wholesome, basically, to, you know, by I guess by any standard, you know, there was no murdering, there was no, you know, dark brooding horrible past you know where your parents were shot in the head things of that nature and that you know it's i guess that's superhero lore it's you know something bad had to happen for you to become a superhero but uh galaxy man um was wholesome and so the hero cats follow suit and at this stage you know it's just he sees the response we see the reaction from it and because a lot of parents are very skeptical and even still they're like so is it okay for my kids and, you know, they're looking at a cat book saying, is it okay? Uh, Heroes, and I didn't get to read Hero, um, the, not Heroes, I'm sorry, um, maybe I'm saying it wrong. Uh, the, the, the cat book, uh, 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 Warriors, I'm sorry, Warriors. Warriors uh, was, a, was a, a graphic novel, I believe, or, or uh, a novel, I want to say, um, that had, you know, cat, it was, it was, you know, feline cast, and some of the cats died. Right, that's the, that's the thing with um, the animal intent oh, yeah. is you you know sometimes you have to uh, maybe you know do the parenting thing and read the book first or, or you know ask a good retailer like Kyle, my retailer at Comic Fusion. They love to uh, talk to people about all ages books oh, yeah. for this reason because some of t- sometimes the art is really deceptive because hey, even grownups like really cute cartoony art, oh, yeah. but uh, you know like um, uh, I think it's uh, like Mouse Guard. Yes. Is an example yeah. stunningly beautiful Before, artwork. Yes, uh, but it, it, but you are going to see things like animals dying. Correct. You know you can't, <laughs> and and that's something that it was. I I remember somebody like freaked out yes. because uh, she was just like, why didn't you warn me about this? And we didn't have mouse guard on the kids' shelf. Nice. But because she saw that it had beautiful animals in it, she picked it up for a kid. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, we didn't have it on that shelf. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it was, it was one, of our, one of our customers at a convention was like, my daughter cried her eyes out reading Warriors. And she was like, I just need to know if there are any cats that are going to die. And, you know, me and Kyle were like, no, nope, no cats will die. You're safe. You know, and his wife was, uh, Kyle's wife was very adamant. From you know, and she, she's very careful even still about you know violence with the cats and you know the cats being harmed or you know they they can get in scraps and stuff, but she's very careful um, and you know and trying to rein us in you know where, where we're like oh man we should have you know this happening ah, you know because we're you know we're guys so uh, we want to see you know we you know we like action movies and crazy stuff so she sometimes reins us in and says okay wait you know. Let's just, you got to think about, you know, the tone of here, the tone here. And a lot of times it makes us think, 
We're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess there would be blood if they did scratch. Yeah, okay, I got you. So then we, we come up with characters that are okay for the cats to kill or scratch or, you know, defeat. Like robots and... Right, like I was going to say, big robot scene. Yeah, plants, uh, plants. Hopefully like, we don't offend anyone with plants. I would hope yeah, the not. The cats are going to be scrapping with some plants pretty soon. And, uh... I, well, even in, like, the training sessions, um, the, the little kittens in training have uh, stuffed kittens that they're retrieving. Yes. You know, so it's not, like, an actual um, maimed body or something. They're, you know, it's a training session, so it's sort of like a, you know, crash test dummy version of a cat. Right. There, yeah, so it, it's in there. There's a lot of stuff that... Uh, no, we, we will keep it as, as uh, all ages and, and, you know, be mindful... Uh, moving forward, that there is no, you know, harsh scenes to process. There will be feels now. There, there, there is motions. There should be, and injury is one of those things where, okay, you know, you can you can reasonably show kids like injury because they need to have consequences of their actions. Right, uh, and and emotion. There will be emotional stuff that comes throughout, and I think we're not trying to, you know, depress any kids or anything like that. But you know, things like there will be some sadness. There will be you know, some situations that, you know, we teeter on that, again, it's not to like say, oh my gosh, mom, I'm going to go in my room and, and tear up paper now because I'm hurt. Not like that, but more, you know, we want to, you know, Kyle as a writer is, is he's, he's growing as a writer and there's times where it's just like, oh, it tugs at your heart, you know, a little bit. And we just, that's really where I think we want to stay in that nice little tug part not like break but you know like a character dying would be breaking but just to tug and say oh you know that's i feel you know what's going to happen you know that kind of thing where um we are going to teeter on that and i think it's it just feels so cool you know actually drawing these care these cat characters dealing with and in drawing their emotion has become a new exercise for me because once we once we get it on the page, I look at it again and I'm like, yeah, that's a cat and that emotion works. Cartoon cat, but yeah, it, it really pulls forth the story. And so that's where uh, we're, I'm, I'm excited for people to see. I can't wait till you get to, you know, issue seven, six and seven, where you really get to see a lot more emotion throughout the, uh, the book. So it's coming. A lot of that good stuff is coming. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, uh, before we wrap up, I just want uh, want to get one more question sure. in. What's what's the uh, hardest lesson that you, you've learned on your art journey? Uh, like overall? Yeah, overall. I mean, because you've had uh, you've had a pretty straightforward career. You know, you you knew years ago that you wanted to make art of some kind, and so you you know you got into the practice of it and to the studies for it and uh you know it sounds like hero cats came about so organically um it's it's just like this wonderful success story so along the way was there uh something that you want to impart on anybody else who's trying to make this journey oh yeah um it's hard to single it out to one because it it, again it's when something is growing organically there's a lot of elements that go into making it you know grow successfully so, um, but if I had to narrow it to one really, really powerful piece of um, life advice, I suppose, for an artist, is you have to really, really understand, you know, yourself as an artist to make a decision um, to do something for five years plus, uh, or for five years period, um, as an artist, is is something I did back in 2011. 2011, I I said to myself I wanted to make comics and I wanted to make children's books. And, you know, as an artist, you have to understand, you can go in 50, you know, 500 directions uh, any given day. I can do portraits. I can do comic strips. I don't have to do comic books. I can just do comic strips and make a living out of that. I can do logos only. You know, I can do websites um, for people only. I can do, you know, any different thing, any number of things. But I said I wanted to do comics and I wanted to do children's books. And that is still what I'm doing, you know, this many years later. And it's, um, it is not uh, something that is dropped in your lap. Uh, if, I, if me and Kyle, we talked about doing Hero Cats, 
for a good couple of months. And we really, really just like deliberated like, okay, so what is it going to take? What about deadlines? What about the amount of works? 22 pages. Marcus, can you do it? And I'm like, I've never done it before, but I think I can do it. And it wasn't, it was, it didn't just come naturally. Like I said, I was drawing something I've never drawn before, you know, cats. So you really have to check yourself as an artist. You have to look inward to say, if you're going to make a decision career wise, you know, what makes you happy? What do you want to do for five years? And I've been aspiring to be a comic book artist for years. Uh, children's books is a little new to my palette, but it's, it's a, it's something that I can do pretty, pretty quickly. Uh, it's not like comics. You you get to choose one image, <laughs> you know, uh, for for the page uh, when you're doing children's books. But by all means, I would say really, really look inward as an artist and figure out what makes you happy. What do you what do you get really jazzed about drawing or creating or you know doing on a normal basis? That if someone you know, if you get to a point where you're getting paid for it, you're still going to be even more jazzed about it, you know, uh, and, and, you know, five years down the road, you're like, yeah, that was a good choice because, yeah, I'm happy. Um, so that is, I think, the biggest one. You have to know what, what, you, what makes you jazzed about being an artist because you can create stories, you can create artwork, anything in the world, but if you're not happy doing it, um, you're going to frustrate yourself and you may become stagnant. You may, you know, give up art altogether. Who knows, you know. So I would say that's probably the biggest defining thing that happened in the past four years for me is I decided, you know, where I wanted to go. So That's great. Well, where can people see you in uh, 2015? Are you going to be making any conventions? Oh, I am, actually, yes. There's a number of them. Um, there's there's uh, at least two, uh, no, at least three that have been confirmed on my calendar um, most notably, I'm going to, uh, we're going to Chicago for C2E2. That's a big one. That's a big one. I've never been there. Kyle has been there. I've never been there. Um, there's, a let's see, free comic book day here in, here in Atlanta. I'm going to be at Dr. No's comic book store. Um, and I guess you can Google that where, to, to, you know, address and stuff. Um, and that's, you know, that's free comic book day. So that's, I guess, that's, I don't know if that's a convention, but it's definitely somewhere I'm going to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. People can meet you and learn about the book. And right. I, I will be in person and local if you're here in, in Georgia. So um, uh, I'm going to Heroes Con again this year. That's in Charlotte. And uh, if all things go according to schedule i will be at least in new york again later at you know later on in the year um of course we we always do savannah children's book festival uh if you want to come out to you know that kind of thing it's if you've never been to a savannah children's book festival it's uh, savannah's you know awesome if you're if you're cool with that kind of environment but we're in a park we're in the big park in savannah and it is literally children's books there it's not like mixed in with you know, self-help, self-help novels. It's all children's books, and Kyle comes out as the comic, you know, resource. He comes out because he's a retailer, and he brings comics to that convention, kid comics, or all-ages comics and everything else. So I'm there as, the, you know, the artist of Hero Cats, and I'm, I'm just doing sketch covers for free. It's, I don't charge for them, you know, and that's, uh, that happens in um, November. Uh, usually the 15th, I want to say. But, um, yeah, so at least those have been locked in for sure. Charlotte, I'm um, going to C2E2, Heroes Con, definitely uh, New York. We can't wait to go back there. That was cool. And then uh, Savannah Children's Book Festival and uh, Free Comic Book Day. And uh, will you have a Free Comic Book Day issue for Hero Cats? Because I, I can't remember if I saw something about that. Yeah. Like, sometimes we do, like, a flip book. Well, no, no. We're, we, we landed... Uh, uh, we're sharing a book with Gronk. Okay, with Katie Cook's Gronk. Yes, Katie Cook's Gronk. We're, uh, we're going to be... It's a, it's a double feature, so she... Um, we're in that book. Uh, Hero Cats will be a free comic book. Free comic book day thingamajig in Gronk. So, um, look for us in that. So, I'll be signing those, I guess, as well. 
as doing uh, sketch commissions and so forth. That's really good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, links where people can find you and find Hero Cats. I know that the main site is HeroCatsComic.com, yeah. but you have your own site too with all of your beautiful portfolio stuff in there. So what's that? Uh, oh, me personally is um, uh, MarcusTheVisual.com. Marcus, M-A-R-C-U-S. I hate doing this, the, because people are like, what? Like T-H-E, <laughs> the right. visual, V-I-S-U-A-L dot com, MarcusTheVisual dot com. And that is, I would say there is, um, I don't think there's anything too racy in my portfolio. I don't think. i got to double check. But, um, you know, there are sketches and things of that nature from my personal sketchbook. So, you know, I would say, you know, PG, definitely, parental guidance. Things like that. There may be more artistically driven uh, anatomy there. So, <laughs> but nothing too bad. It's, it's an artist's website. There you go. It's, it's, a, yeah, it's a portfolio of mine. So. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, you know, it's a totally different thing. Cool. Um, Hero Cats has their own Twitter, their own Facebook. Yeah, definitely um, go uh, Facebook. Uh, we, we do a lot of updates there. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to post a, a, a cover from one of the sketch covers I did in New York. I'm trying to do that at least uh, every week. Uh, this this month to celebrate our first graphic novel, so right. Volume one is out, so go pick that up. Absolutely, um, Marcus. Thank you so much. This has been like a huge pleasure for me because I love this book. Me too. Well, I appreciate it. This is um, this is uh, it's great to be you know um, appreciated with, when you're when you're drawing cats and so forth. I'm glad there's there's something that I'm doing that actually connect with people. I guess I would feel bad if I did like a superhero story and people was like, ah, eh, we're done with superheroes. Everybody knows superheroes. Yeah, I don't even have kids. So <laughs> I just, you know, it's like me and the cat right. sitting sitting with my Kindle. And, there you go. And there's nothing you know, wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Uh, so that, that feels good as an artist. So I appreciate uh, the opportunity to, to talk more about it. Great, Marcus. Thanks. And, you know, big props to, of course, Kyle, Ryan, Amaka, and Brianna, and the, the whole rest of the team for doing such a great job, and the guys at Action Lab. Um, you know, hopefully I will get to see them very soon at, you know, the conventions of the year, like you're saying. There's tons of them. Right, right. And guys, don't forget that you can follow me at Elizabeth Amber on Twitter, and you can go to the patreon.com slash Amber Unmasked to pledge your support to the show and the website. Everything else is at Amber Unmasked.com. Mm-hmm.